welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Here we go, Soccer Morning on a Friday, mere days ahead of the MLS Cup Final in Columbus, Ohio. Big, gigantic, blow-the-doors-off show for you today. We have lined up Alexi Lawless. We'll have an in-depth discussion with him about this MLS Cup Final, about this MLS season, about MLS Maybe about American soccer. Maybe we'll wax philosophic about some other things as well. Who knows? That's how it goes with Alexi Lawless. Then, following Alexi's appearance on this program, we're going to go rapid fire through a number of uh, of soccer illuminaries. So, uh, illuminaries or luminaries? The, the word is luminaries. Soccer luminaries who will give us their thoughts on uh, MLS Cup 2015. I'll ask them a series of questions. They can give their observations and analysis, whatever works for them. Among those people uh, that will appear on this show today, Andrew Wiebe from MLSsoccer.com, Doug McIntyre from ESPN, Jonathan Tannenwald from Philly.com, Charles Bohm from SoccerWire and MLSsoccer.com, Andy Edwards from NBC Sports, Phil Shane from BN Sports, Kevin Brown from Fusion and Soccer Gods, and yeah, that's quite the lineup. And we'll see, there may be even some late additions. It's sort of like the uh, one of those telethons. You never know when somebody's going to come on. Uh, you never know when somebody will show up. So that is your lineup for today as we get ready for an MLS Cup final in just a couple of days on Sunday. Let's hit the news ahead of Alexi Lawless. U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch has spoken about the latest round of indictments related to the investigation into FIFA corruption, she had a press conference yesterday. 16 names added to the list of FIFA officials under indictment. Among those indicted are Alfredo Hawit of Honduras, current president of CONCACAF, and Juan Angel Naput of Paraguay, current president of Comable. This is not a surprise to any of you. You have seen this news yesterday. Here are some thoughts from uh, uh, Mrs. Lynch as she stood there at the podium yesterday. The message from this announcement should be clear to every culpable individual who remains in the shadows hoping to evade our investigation. You will not wait us out. You will not escape our focus. Uh, this is obviously wide-ranging. This is the second round of arrests from this FIFA investigation by the Department of Justice. 92 counts have been added to this indictment. It, uh, it goes on and on and on. And again, and, uh, and meanwhile, after these uh, arrests yesterday in Zurich, before the... Uh, press conference in D.C. with Loretta Lynch. FIFA went ahead with their uh, co- press conference uh, regarding reforms in FIFA. Among those uh, reforms proposed by FIFA include term limits uh, for executive committee members uh, and um, uh, several other several other um, uh, elements to this uh, reform process. Now, one of the reforms was not an age limit on the FIFA presidency. Uh, this has been called uh, arbitrary, which uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Of course, uh, we know Sepp Blatter, uh, being 79 years old, doesn't want to be uh, iced out of the presidency, although he is supposed to be stepping down when replaced come next February. The, uh, the list of reforms, term limits, separation of political and management functions, diversity, which includes the promotion of many women or as a number of women into the executive committee. They, they, the number was put at six. That seems small. Uh, it's, it's an open question over whether they actually will chase diversity. Independent committee members, uh, enhanced committee efficiency, integrity checks. A lot of this is just 
A lot of these are buzzwords. One of the reforms put forth as part of this plan is a 40-team World Cup. You may have heard about this. This is planned for uh, 2026. Now, there has been some backlash over this, and FIFA has said that they will uh, continue to discuss um, this particular reform, that they're not going to uh, dive in on this uh, on this 40-team World Cup and its approval quite yet. The FIFA Executive Committee has deferred a decision on expanding the World Cup to 40 teams starting in the 2026 tournament. The German Soccer Federation says the FIFA administration will have further talks about the plan, which is supported by Asia and Africa. The idea to add eight teams was part of the FIFA reform proposals being considered Thursday. The executive committee had the power to make it FIFA policy without the approval of the 209-member federation uh, federations. The 2026 bidding should start next year. We know the United States could be interested. Now, there is also a response from the European Club Association in regards to the possible expansion of the World Cup. They are not happy. They have a statement up at their website, ECAEurope.com. It says the ECA has read with attention the recommendations elaborated by the 2016 FIFA Reform uh, Committee under the chairmanship of Francois Corrad, which were endorsed by the FIFA Executive Committee at its its meeting on uh, December 2nd and 3rd in Zurich. Um, a number of recommendations are important and necessary, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Nevertheless, the committee's proposal related specifically to the governance reform are missing the involvement and greater recognition of all stakeholders, meaning the clubs. Clubs in particular have the legitimate right to play a decisive role in football governance and occupy a position reflective of their significant, significant contribution to the game. Uh, it must, must be recognized that clubs heavily invest in the development of players. We know about the complaints. Clubs pay players, and when... The international football world, meaning FIFA, does things without the club's involvement. They get a little testy. In addition, the recommendation by the committee to enhance the number of participating teams in the FIFA World Cup from 32 to 40 without prior consultation with the clubs uh, is proof that the proposed reforms are not at the required standard. We'll see the continued follow-out from this. It gets a little dry there. Liga MX semifinal first legs in the Liga playoffs. Pumas has taken a 3-0 lead over Club America at the Estadio Azteca last night. Uh, just a disaster of a game for Club America. Two red cards in that match, and Pumas will go home with a big, big lead. Seems like it might be over uh, for Club America. Toluca bends but does not break in their matchup uh, with uh, Tigres. They do not give up a goal, despite Tigres having much of the advantage in that first leg at the Estadio uh, Universitario in uh, in Mexico. So uh, the Liguilla playoffs, uh, hot and heavy, but no goals in that second game last night, which I stayed up for. So thanks a lot, guys. Belgium has retained their top spot in the FIFA rankings, so the last ones of 2015. Argentina has moved up to number two, the rest of the top five, Spain, Germany, and Chile. Mexico has moved up to number 22, and the United States is up one spot to number 32. All right, as I said, the 2015 MLS Cup final set for Columbus on Sunday. That game goes off at 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Important for the Portland Timbers. Defender Liam Ridgewell says he is fit and ready to play after leaving the first leg of the conference semifinals with a calf injury. He did miss that second leg in in Dallas uh, where Portland came out on top. We'll see uh, if he is in the lineup on Sunday for Portland. That is a big boost. Uh, not that Paparato is a disaster back there, but Liam Ridgewell, a leader, a guy who scored in that first leg before leaving that game. All right, here we go. Let's set the stage. Alexi Lawless, he'll join us to talk about the MLS Cup final in just a minute. And then after that, rapid fire, Gestapalooza right here on Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com.
Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, here we are, Soccer Morning, the Friday before MLS Cup Final 2015. And joining us on the telephone to uh, talk about this match, preview it a bit, uh, Lexi Lalas from Fox Sports. Hi, Lexi. Jason, there is there are a few people that I would get up early for, uh, <laughs> but you you are one of them. Yes, yes, and, I, I appreciate yeah, that. I, so I do. I'm awake. I am ready to talk about anything that you want, uh, and uh, then I will be off to carpool. Oh, Incidentally, nice. carpool is 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 where my children first became aware of Jason Davis. They know <laughs> the word Jason Davis. They will scream and yell in the back seat because I have subjected them over the years oh, to your yeah, show. So. Yeah. You have uh, molded and or warped young minds. I, of this you know, I, I do what I can, really. You know, it, 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 is, a, it is a significant burden, but I, I take it willingly. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. You, you never know. You, you know, it's sort of like developing players. You can do all you can when they're 15 years old, but you're really not going to have any evidence of whether you did a good job until they're, until they're 20, 22, 23. And, ah, well, we'll, we'll see. My, what my, my, son, my son the other day asked me in all sincerity, he said, do you know Jason Davis? <laughs> and I, I said, eh, at, at times, I think, maybe. And he yes. was really he was really impressed that I knew somebody uh, ah, that, whose sure. voice was coming out of the radio. Sure, 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 sure. That works both ways, by the way. Let's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. hey, hey, here's uh, this girl I'm trying to impress. I know that guy on television. Alexi Lawless <laughs> joining us. All right, so let's talk about this game, Alexi. Um, yep. you know, forget the, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. I'm a meta guy. Uh, but at the same time, I realize we should focus on the soccer this week. Not, not is this game good for MLS from a marketing perspective and, uh, these markets big enough to make a dent, blah, blah, blah. Let's just talk about two good teams who, who navigated their way to this final. And I think, um, th- there's a lot of similarities between these two sides. And, and I think it's, yep. that's the fun thing to see both programs reach this point. Uh, in this season with uh, young American coaches, with uh, sort of, um, you know, uh, again, just the similarities are, are numerous. What's, uh, they, they finished on the same number of points, uh, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but they do their, they, they got here differently uh, in different ways. They do things, uh, they do different things. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. What are the strengths and weaknesses you see when you look at, say, the Columbus crew first, then we'll come to the Portland Timbers? Well, I think there, like you said, there are some similarities, and I think you're looking at, well, I think you're looking at a Final Four that we had here, where you had four teams that understood what they were, uh, understood what they weren't, too. So there was a real identity, both in terms of the way they play and a confidence and a composure and a comfort level with the way that they played and with their their leader in their in their coach. Um, when you look at this specific final. Um, you know, I think you, I think Columbus is ultimately on the day the better team, but there's absolutely look. It's MLS, so anybody can win any game, including MLS uh, an MLS Cup final. I, I've been impressed really with the way that these that these coaches and that these teams have gone about their business uh, in the playoffs. At times, it's very different than what they've done in the regular season, and that's. That you know that could be a positive or a negative depending on how you look at it. I asked Greg Berhalter and the players the other day, did they care how they got the result against the the Red Bulls? And to a man, they said no, which is which is interesting because there is this understanding that the style and the philosophy which they've talked so much about that got them 
the, the success in the regular season was not going to get them necessarily the success in postseason. Right. And so, uh, and so they've, they've changed. And, it, and in that sense, that's good that they're able to adapt, but there's also a part of me, the romantic, that says, well, is that a betrayal of what you have promised publicly to everybody throughout the year? But maybe, it's just, maybe I'm just being naive, and, and there is a practical uh, and pragmatic approach that is needed in order to get to that ultimate uh, trophy. And so I, I don't begrudge them. Uh, that at all. But, you know, I think this is a fascinating game. I think both teams feel that they are better than their opponents. Um, I think you're talking about uh, both teams that have uh, specific, like I said, specific ways to play, both teams that have very, very good guys up top that can score goals, that are confident, uh, both teams that yeah. have um, in, in individuals in the midfield, whether it's a Nagby and a Valeri, uh, whether it's an Iguain and the, the Chani uh, type of uh, situation there. These these are good individual players, and I I, I I'm hard pressed to find someone who I think uh, can pick the winner in this uh, in this yeah. type of game. You know, Alexi, I think it's interesting because um, sometimes we overstate tactics. We certainly overstate formations a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we we get too wrapped up in some of this stuff when the game is fluid and things change in the moment, and and players react, and ultimately it's about. Uh, their understanding and, and, and knowing each other and, and, and finding a way to play together in a game. But at the same time, there's, there's a reputation in MLS, or the league's reputation has been for a long time, that, that really that you just roll the ball out there and, and, and two teams in, in blocks of, of uh, you know, 4-4-2s uh, go out and just hammer each other for 90 minutes. Um, this game presents an interesting wrinkle in that we have two coaches who are sort of known for their philosophies, for their styles, at least even if they've adapted as the season's gone along and into the playoffs, they certainly have a reputation for being tinkerers, guys who, who, who do make tweaks to their to the way their teams play to make them more successful. Is is this is this kind of a, uh, a you know a big moment for MLS in that sense? Again, these two younger American coaches with very defined ideas of how they want to play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, you know I was talking about uh, both of these teams the other day, and, and I said both of these teams. In, in some of the same ways, but in some different ways, they make me want to watch. And both of these coaches have, have done a good job, as has Jesse Marsh and Oscar Perea. Uh, they make me interested as to what's going to happen on the field. Now, I know, and we talked at the very beginning about big picture stuff, and MLS fans in particular like to think about big picture stuff. And it's absolutely valid argument and, and discussion that we have. But when I mean, you're just looking at about the soccer and just for us junkies out there, it's it's fascinating, and for me, there is interest. I want to know what Greg Berhalter is going to come with. Is he going to change? Is he going to tweak something here or there in this ultimate game? I want to know Caleb Porter, who I think has grown tremendously as a coach, even within the season, like you said, with some of the things that he has changed, and maybe a little bit more becoming a little bit more direct. And while he had an ideology and, and a reason. Uh, and a belief that when he came into the league that has changed with the reality of the situation and the unique reality of MLS given the manufactured parity and therefore the competition. And it's not a situation, uh, for example, where you're at Barcelona or, or, or some of the elite teams in the EPL where you know because of the amount of talent you have, which, which you have bought, you are going to win 70% of the games before you even step on the field. And that type of confidence that comes with that, with that knowledge yeah. Uh, translates into play, and we don't necessarily have that here. And so you have to think about it differently when you're coaching MLS. And I think both of these guys uh, have done that at times to great effect. Uh, they have, and, and and you know that I was reading um, uh, Matt Doyle at MLSSoccer.com had a had a, a a column 
yesterday to sort of outline how these two teams were built. And he focused on, on the fact that, that in Burhalter's case, most of the critical guys for him, for him were already in this team. I mean, T- Tony Chani was in this team. Uh, Iguain was already in this team. I mean, they added Kamara this year, obviously, who was sort of the caps, uh, the capstone to, to, to that team and, and helped them get over the hump. But he took guys who weren't really getting time and made them into, to what we see out on the field. Um, how much, when you look at, at what Greg Burhalter's done for a guy like Ethan Finley, for example, I mean, what is it, what is it about Burhalter that clicks that way? Well, you know, like you mentioned, there were some players that were there. And I think, you know, it's just a situation of a different personality coming in. And, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, oftentimes talks about having players be out of their comfort zone. But I think that there is also a real value in having players in their comfort zone. And I think what Greg Berhalter has done has put a lot of these players in their comfort zone. And in that comfort zone is where they are the most effective. And like you said, there's some of the players that were there before. He's also added some pieces. You know, you can't dismiss how important Kai Kamara has been Mm -hmm. to have that type of player up top. Even a guy like uh, Awful out there on the right-hand side who's just been incredible getting up and down and Sorrow coming in. So these individual pieces that he's added to make it a, a contender, those have been important. But like you said, putting the players that were there in positions to succeed, giving them the confidence, putting them at times in their comfort zone. So Justin Mira and Ethan Finley on the outsides there, it, in different ways, really providing that width, but also providing moments where you have got to be aware where Justin Mira and Ethan Finley are at all times because they can break you down individually and they can be very, very devastating uh, on the counter. And then Kai Kamara, which you're always aware about because he can score goals and will score goals consistently. But like, like I said, I think, I think Greg Perhalter recognizes very quickly where players are most, most comfortable and where they can be most uh, successful and therefore benefit him the most. Mm-hmm. And he puts them in those positions, gives them the confidence, and if they don't fit with what he wants to do, uh, then he doesn't use them. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 good coaching is putting players in a, in a in position to succeed. Oh, that's amazing how <laughs> that works yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, we won't go. And, okay. and, and listen, you know, I, I, I at times I'm criti- criti- critical of uh, uh, of Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, and I'm yeah. not saying that you don't challenge players to do more than they maybe think they can do. But there is a point where you know what, you have to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at and be put in positions, like you said, to succeed, especially in games that mean something. Uh, and I think especially when you get to the higher levels of, of playing and, and certainly in professional uh, athletics. So. All right, so we're talking to Alexi Lalas from Fox Sports. And Alexi, uh, if I remember correctly, you were mm-hmm. a center defender in your playing career, correct? Am I right about that? It seems like it was... I, I, I meandered around the center at times, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, and the reason I ask you is because we've got... These two forwards, obviously Kai Kamara scored 22 goals this year and, and shared the, the, the league lead with, with uh, Jovinko, losing out on the Golden Boot uh, via the tiebreaker. Uh, Fernando Adi had 18 goals this year, was crucial for the Timbers, has been great down the stretch. But And they're both big guys, and they both seem to have you know an incredible amount of athleticism, but they, don't, they play very differently. Um, when you watch you know, Kai Kamara do what he does, and we'll start with him, what is it that makes him, I mean, if you were a central defender trying to defend Kai, uh, Kai Kamara, what are you worried about most? Uh, where he is. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, that's, and that sounds simple and it sounds stupid, but it's not. It, it's, it, it's having the, um, the aura and having the personality that 
at me as a defender and all the defenders, and to be quite honest, quite honest, all the team, it's always in the back of your mind, where is he? And, and because he scares me. He scares me when they have the ball. He scares me when they don't have the ball. So always being worried about where that guy is. And, th- and not every player is like that. I mean, we saw in the previous series with, uh, with Dallas where Texera, who, you know, he scored a goal and he's not a, he's not a bad player. But he doesn't scare me as a defender. I'm not worried about him constantly. It's not that he can't score goals, but I'm not worried about him constantly, and I'm not worried about him coming up with something ridiculous. I mean, Ty Kamara had an incredible turn the other day where he flipped it up to himself and shot. Luis Robles made a wonderful save on him. But those type of those type of moments, that's why I'm scared. That's why I'm saying, where is this guy? Are we near him? Are we are we are we concentrated on him? And when a lot of my focus and attention is concentrated on one guy, it opens up space for Justin Miller, for Ethan Finley. So yeah. these are, and Adi does the same thing for Portland. So when, when you're worried about him, whether he's holding up the ball or whether he's running off the ball, uh, it opens up space for Valeri. It opens up space for Nagby. And that's what you want a big guy who's playing one up, up top. First off, they have to accept that role and embrace that role. And there's not a lot of players out there in the world that do it. Uh, and secondly, they have to have the ability, and like I said, that aura, to draw attention constantly and have people fear them, and both of these guys do. You know, it's um, and we'll come to I'll come to Adi specifically about a couple of things he does. But when we talk about Kai Kamara, you know, signing uh, signing with with uh, the crew ahead of the season um, from uh, from England after his his brief stint there, he seems to be a different player. I mean, I, I remember him in MLS. I remember him with, you know, with Kansas City. I, I remember him briefly with Houston. He didn't seem to have nearly this. I mean, he was very young, I guess, with the, with the Dynamo. But what is it, what has changed about him? I mean, is, it, is it just a matter of confidence? Is it a, a, a better in, instinctual understanding of where to be and how to get there? I, I, I'm trying to, to pin this down. That's location, location, location. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I had a uh, a unremarkable MLS career until I got to the Los Angeles Galaxy. And look, I'm not the greatest player that ever played, that's for sure. But I got into a system where there was a coach, uh, in this case it was Ziggy Schmidt, who understood, once again, what I was good at and what I wasn't. He put me in positions to succeed. He gave me confidence. And there was a consistency that we played with. And it ultimately uh, uh, produced uh, a better player in me individually in that moment and success on the field in an MLS Cup. And I think the same thing is here. Kai Kamara has come into a situation where uh, he knew he was going to get service, and he feeds off of that type of service. That's the type of player he is. Greg Berhalter knew that he needed somebody that consistently could feed off that type of service, put him in a position, said, you are my man. You are. This is what you're going to do for, do for me, and this is all that I want you to do for me. And if you do that, you will be my best friend. And, and that's important. But he also had Kai Kamara buy into the system that he has in place. And, you know, at times the, the, the risk of coming out of the back, but the belief that building out of the back and having that type of possession was going to be important and was therefore going to translate into those opportunities, all of that kind of stuff. Like I said, sometimes you just need to, 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 to travel and to, and to see different places before you finally get into that, you know, that port of call where everything works. And, it doesn't always happen for players. And sometimes it happens right off the bat, and you have a long career where you're in that place the entire time. But for most of us, it takes time. And sometimes you go to different places, and eventually, if you're lucky, you get to that place where it all clicks. You have the right uh, cast of characters around you. You have the right leadership in terms of a coach. And that person puts you in, once again, puts you in positions to succeed. 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, everything, everything, you know, comfortable for Kai Kamara. He had been in Columbus, uh, previously. He's got a, a family. He's got a, uh, a young child. He seems to be, he se- just seems to be a happy guy. And, and sometimes I think we forget about, I mean, it's, it's true about Javinko in, in Toronto. He seems to love being in Toronto. And, and I don't know that. Yeah. You, well, yeah. How do yeah, you we how- worry? We, you know, we talk so much about the 90 minutes that, that players play. And the reality is that 22 and a half. Uh, hours uh, of the day that they're not playing is as important to that 90 minutes as any as anything else because being comfortable like you said off the field having you and your family be comfortable and an understanding of the type of league you're in uh, the type of culture that you're in all of those different things uh, are important they don't show up on stat sheets or anything like that but good clubs recognize that just because he's a good player doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be good for you at the time. And if that player, you do bring him, everything that you can possibly do off the field to make it more comfortable will benefit that player on the field and therefore benefit you. Yeah, and you know, I, I, this is an underrated part. Not to take it away from this game, but that's an underrated part of what uh, of MLS growing up. I mean, um, you know, mm-hmm. you obviously ran some clubs, and, and I imagine as a former player, you were con- you know conscious of. Well, are these guys comfortable? I mean, are we, are we, you know, if we're feeding them, are we feeding them right? Are we giving them the right kind of training facilities? And some of that's money. And, and, and obviously, I, I guess what, what, when we're watching this media tour that Don Garber's doing ahead of the cup, which is not about the game at all, Alexi, because that's right. still where MLS is. Um, you know, I, I it, it brings to mind all of these investment issues that MLS has had for, for 20 years that they're probably still not completely clear of i mean it's not like everything's established and we just move on from here they're still working to fix some of these problems absolutely they are and and it's gotten so much better in the last 20 years it certainly can get much better going forward but you know not stupid stuff but simple stuff when you're talking about you know getting uh you know getting your kids into school and the right type of school getting uh doctors and uh, bank accounts and all the different things that oftentimes we take for granted if we've been in a place for a long time and it's not just foreign players coming in. They're, they're very, very important to make sure that you have those things in place to get them settled so that they can concentrate on the soccer. But it's also just players coming into the market for the first time and you're moving and sometimes you're moving with a family and sometimes you're moving with kids and all the different baggage, the literal baggage that you're bringing, but also the emotional baggage and, and the, the history that you're bringing into that is going to affect how you go about your business. And then you're just plopped into a, a, new, a new culture, a new city, and expect to perform immediately. Well, the easier it is for you to adjust off the field, the easier it is for you to adjust on it. All right, coming back to this uh, to this particular matchup, and again, both these teams deserve to be here. Uh, they they played some very good soccer across the course of the season. They've uh, maybe figured themselves out a bit. They certainly figured out how to play to be effective. And, and maybe what stands out is that they both done a good job of of game planning against a particular opponent um, for. Portland in the last round it was FC Dallas and we know what what kind of particular challenge FC Dallas presented with Moro Diaz and Fabian Castillo and Michael Barrios uh, and and for for uh, excuse me for Columbus to have shut down New York the way that they did is pretty stunning uh, can it, it, those those were two legged series Alexi how different is it for these two teams to be in a one off situation for the MLS Cup final well, we, we spoke previously about how Columbus and Greg Berhalter had, had kind of changed the way that they played and, and been a little bit more pragmatic at times and a little bit more direct. Uh, I think in a one-off game, you can, to a certain extent, go back to to, to your your core ideology and, and and what you believe is your style, especially because you're playing you're playing at home. Um, and if you truly believe in it, that it is successful, 
then I would like to see that. Not, not completely, because we understand it is still only 90 minutes um, or, possibly, or, or possibly more. I think that the Chani trap uh, type of midfield is key. I think the whole midfield battle will be key. I thought Chani was incredible in that second leg against uh, the New York Red Bulls. And, you know, when we're talking about them versus Portland, you're going to have Chani and Trap in the defensive midfield type of roles with Iguay in front of them, as opposed to uh, Valeri and Nagby in front of a single person in uh, in um, Chara in, in front of that. And so how those those triangles and those trios on both teams work and match up against each other is going to be interesting because Chara, who's been wonderful in that single type of position in front of the back four, if he gets overloaded and just can't cover space, and believe me, I, I'm put it past him because he can cover cover incredible amount of space. But you know, if if the likes of Iguain and Finley and Miram at times overload that that type of situation, it could be it could be problematic for them. Uh, there are uh, numerous uh, individual matchups, but of course, this is a team game. Everybody has to play together. But Alexi, as as I get ready here, we're going to do our rapid fire with a bunch of guys and we get predictions yeah. and everything else. I, I, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to run down some questions. I, I just sketched these out. Um, they may not be fully fully formed, but they all apply to the game. First of all, let's just do let's let's do the big one first. Who do you have winning this game? Uh, I'll go with Columbus. Okay, you got Columbus at home. Do you have a, a score in mind? Do you want to put that? I mean, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be publicly flogged for anything you get wrong on this show. Yeah, so. believe. Everyone remembers all the wrong things. Um, <laughs> and there are plenty of them, by the way. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about, um, how about two nothing for okay. Columbus? Yeah, two nothing. Um, you got, uh, goal scores for Columbus. Give me your goal scores. Uh, Kai Kamara and, uh, you can't keep a kid from Michigan down. So Justin Miram. Okay, that. Justin Miram, uh, who has been crucial and obviously scored that goal in nine seconds against the Red Bulls in the semifinals. All right, so we've got a, a two nothing score line. Uh, I imagine if you believe the Columbus Crew are going to win two nothing, you you've got them with more shots and more chances at home against the Timbers team. I I, I think of the two, more likely to sit back. No, not necessarily. So this is this is where Greg Berhalter flips this, this, the uh, this, this script on me. He he he. Uh, let's say he comes out and goes completely against his ethos and completely against what what we associated with the Columbus Crew certainly at home through the season, um, and is very very cagey. And Kamara and Justin Miram uh, score their goals completely on the counter, okay. uh, and in that way he completely betrays. <laughs> the uh, the aesthetic that he has established, I love this. but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day they are raising the cup, it's, and that's uh, all anybody will remember. It's it's me. all about it's all about winning. Uh, it's not necessarily about <laughs> how you get there. All right, so in, in that case, then maybe you've got uh, Steve Clark having to make more saves than Adam Kowarski. Uh, while they will be more defensive, he will not necessarily have to make a lot of, uh, of crucial saves. He will continue to punch the ball as opposed to catch the ball, which he seems to do on a continual basis, which uh, in one sense I love, and sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm saying, why don't you just catch the ball? But he, he loves to punch the ball, and he's very, very good to, to get it to it. So I don't know if that's a save when he's punching the ball out, but um, I think he will be punching the ball. How about this? Boy, you don't even have to watch the game. This is exactly what's going to happen. All right, yeah, it's all laid out here for you on a Friday, days ahead of the actual match. All right, I got, I got, uh, uh, again, there's some individual matchups, a lot of similarities between these teams. So I'm going to give you sort of a, a, a twist on the pick your poison thing we do on the best soccer show. I'm going to give you two players. You're going to tell me which one you'd take if you were make, if you were building your team right now. Uh, this is probably okay. really unfair to a lot of guys, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what we're going to do here this morning. Uh, Kai Kamara or Fernando Adi? 
Kamara. Okay. Uh, Kamara, six years older than Fernando Adi. You just want to point that out. Darlington Nagby. Oh, why? Why? What's the number? Just a number. Sure. Uh, Ageism. I've got, this is not necessarily positionally strict either because, or or what they do on the field because I got Nagby or uh, or Chani right here. Uh, Nagby. All right. Uh, Wallace or Finley? Wallace or Finlay? Uh, Finlay. Okay. Uh, I could throw in, uh, I could throw in Lucas Milano as well, or, or a guy like, like Ethan Finley. No, no, Ethan Finley. Okay. Uh, of the goalkeepers, Steve Clark, Adam Kowarsi. Uh, that's a hard one. Um, I'll go with, uh, the kid from the great city of Michigan, Clark. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Michael Parkhurst, Nat Borchers. Oh, um, <laughs> not fair. I know. I know. It's not fair. I know. It's not uh, fair. Yeah, in 2015, Parkhurst. No, I'll go with Nat Borchers. Okay, Nat Borchers, who's been uh, obviously huge for the Timbers over the course um, uh, of the the 2015 season, scoring uh, important goals for that team. Um, the left back situation um, is Waylon Francis, or um, and my apologies, I don't have his name. Oh, Jorge Villafania. Francis. Okay, Francis. And and obviously both these teams, uh just to kind of riff on that on that point, they they use their fullbacks to great effect, Alexi. We don't yep. always get to see yep. that in MLS. These are truly attack minded fullbacks. Oh my I, I don't even know if Harrison Awful knows uh that he's actually playing right back. <laughs> so exactly. uh <laughs> I don't think anybody's actually informed him of, of uh the situation. <laughs> so would you take uh, would you take Awful over Alvis Powell? Yeah, yeah. Let let awful just go. Let him bomb. He's, he he he's a guy that I have to be worried about. And as a right back, that's pretty. That's something to say in terms of. Now he does offer up space uh, behind to get in, but uh, he's pretty. He's been pretty incredible to see him bomb up and down that right hand side. So uh, I want him. Yeah. A couple of them here with Will Trap. Will Trap or Diego Chara? Oh God. <laughs> um, I think I'll take Diego Chara uh, okay. right now. A couple okay. of years, it'll be Will Trap. Okay. How about this one? Completely unfair. Uh, and these are both guys that we're hoping to see in the national team set up uh, regularly in the near future, and that's Will Trapp and Darlington Nagby. Uh, I think the U.S. team can, or well, my U.S. team can use Darlington Nagby more effectively than I can use Trapp, so I'm going to take Darlington Nagby. All right, so, uh, okay, here's the last couple of questions. Number one, who gives us, uh, who gives us more entertainment on camera, on the sidelines, Greg Berhalter or Caleb Porter? Uh oh, uh, Caleb Porter. Definitely Caleb Porter. I mean, his 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 you know his <laughs> uh, everything that he does is entertainment, as far as I'm concerned. Caleb Porter Greg's much more stoic. Yes, he is. And for for me, Caleb Porter is the perfect Jose Mourinho type villain in this league. That we we he needs to keep pushing that, that element of his personality. I'm not saying Absolutely. he's a bad guy. Yep. yep. Get, Just. Use it. Use it to your advantage, Caleb. Absolutely. There you go. And uh, finally, who wins? Uh, who, if, if you've got Kamara and Miram scoring, imagine we're going to pick one of them to be MVP. Who's your MVP? Uh, Harrison Awful. <laughs> Harrison Awful, creating uh, yeah. chances for the you Columbus know, well, crew. I mean, we obviously, uh, from uh, what we've seen this week, we don't care about any right backs or left backs in, in, in MLS. And so, regardless of what happens, I'm going to pick Harrison Awful as my MVP. There you so. go. Alexi Lalas, Fox Sports, joining us ahead of the MLS Cup Final. Alexi, thank you for the insight. Thanks for getting up early and uh, enjoy carpool. And uh, tell your kids I said hi. I will. They say hello back to you. There you go. Alexi Lalas joining us on Soccer Morning. Now it is time for Rapid Fire Guestapalooza. Lining it up, Weeby, McIntyre, Tannenwall, Bohm, Edwards, Schoen, uh, Shane, excuse me, Brown. We'll be right back. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com.
Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, here we go. We are back on Soccer Morning, and it's time to run through numerous guests. We did this at the beginning of the season. We got everybody on the record with their picks. I don't have those in front of me, so I'm not going to be able to call anybody on their preseason picks. But we start with Andrew Wiebe from MLSsoccer.com, Extra Time Radio, who joins us. Hi, Andrew. How's it going, Jason? It's going well. First of all, do you, did you have Columbus and Portland in the final at the beginning of the year? I don't remember. I, I did not. I did not. I had Columbus and FC Dallas. Um, I, I came close. Almost had it. Almost had it. But my, uh, my pre-playoff predictions were not quite as spot on, but... As it stands, uh, I'll take what I can get at this point. Absolutely. I mean, this is what this is the beauty of MLS. It throws up all of these things we we don't expect. And in this case, uh, maybe Portland is the more surprise of the two. This game is in Columbus, Andrew. Uh, I go first uh, to to your to your brief sketch of how you think this is going to play out because there are some questions as to what the the, the tactical um, setup will be for both of these teams. Well, I thought, I thought it's been interesting this playoff uh, run for the for the crew, or I should say, Crew SC. Apologies that they've kind of gone away, or at least been willing to adapt that that tactical identity. That it seemed like Greg Berhalter was was so tied to. You know, we're going to be this team that plays out of the back. That's who we are. We're not going to give that up. We'll give up 53 goals in the regular season, but we'll outscore people. And in the playoffs, you've seen them go really, really pragmatic. And I think that's just the time type of year it is. I don't think that they'll do that against the Timbers. The Timbers. Obviously, not quite the pressing team uh, that the New York Red Bulls are. I think both these teams want to play. I think both these teams want to build out of the back. Uh, I do think that you've got to watch out if you're Burr Alter for Nagby and his ability to change um, both the zone of attack and the angle of attack on his own. He doesn't have to pass the ball to do that. So I think you got to put Ch- Chani on him a little bit and make sure you shadow him. But apart from that, I really don't think we're going to see big departures from either of these teams in their style of play or the way they approach this game. Do you think that's true no matter what the, the, the game state is? Let's imagine that the crew come out fast and get a goal. How does that impact what the Timbers do? Well, I think I think game state, obviously, we know changes everything. But I think if, if, if the crew get an early goal, I really don't think that the Timbers are going to be particularly concerned. With Audi, with their history here this year at Maffrey Stadium, I, I think that they'll continue to play their game. Now, look, in the second half, things could change. But I think both these teams are so confident in, in what they're able to do on the attacking side of the ball that a one-goal lead, even a two-goal lead, is not going to feel insurmountable. Um, I tend to think that in a one-off championship game, the first 15, 20, 25 minutes are going to be pretty cagey. I don't think we'll get away from that. And I, I think one thing that you'll see the crew do um, is trend a little bit more towards safety, playing out of the back. We've seen in the regular season that they've been burned a couple times, Steve Clark, Michael Parker, different guys trying to play out of the back and a quick, easy goal. You, you simply cannot allow that in MLS Cup. You can't allow it at home. So I, I think we'll see in the first 15, 20, 25 minutes the normal thing in a final. But I expect the game to open up at that point. It's, it's perfect conditions for it. Looks like it's going to be sunny in the in the mid-40s, mid-50s. Uh, so pace, I think, will pick up in the middle of the game. I, I hope it sticks around. I know in the past uh, MLS Cup hasn't always lived up to some of the billing as far as the actual entertainment value goes. Um, but I, I remain hopeful as always. Uh, there you go. All right, so let's uh, let's come to it before I have to let you go. Who wins? Ooh, man, uh, I, I'm here in Columbus. I think they I think they come after me with pitchforks if I said anybody but Crew SC. Right. I do think that they're going to get this done though. I just think that they've turned a corner defensively, and that midfield triumvirate for the last you know month or so 
has been has been probably the best in MLS. The only on the other side of that is the Timbers have been in the same boat. I'm going to give the Crew SC. I'm going to say two one. I think Kamara and Miram get a goal. I think Adi gets a goal, but there it's just go. not enough for the for the Timbers. Okay, just a couple. I did this to Alexi Lalas. I'm going to do it to you. A couple of a couple of different matchups here. A couple of different player comparisons. Uh, Kamara or Adi? You take who are you taking? I'm taking Kamara, but I, I'm 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 if I'm the Crew SC, I have. All eyes on Adi. I know that their goal in that game at Mapri Stadium in September was to shut him down. He scored two goals. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's the danger man, I think. Obviously, you have to watch out for Nagby. But both these guys at the top of their games, both of them massive, impossible to move, have that finishing touch. It should be a, should be a fun game as far as number nine play goes. Okay, so we got the, the forwards. Very quickly, no explanation because i got to move on. Uh, you took Kamara. Nagby or, uh, Nagby or Trap? Different I'm players. going Nagby. Okay, Nagby over Gotta trap. Go Nagby. Uh, Parkers or Borchers? Ooh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going that. I'm okay, going with the beard. And this is the fun thing for me with these two teams. I'm going to do both of these. Uh, both these fullback situations. Awful or Powell? Awful. So Villafania or Francis? Villafania, come on, you got to go Sueño. There you go. go yep, he is the original. Uh, well, he is Sueño. Uh, Andrew Weeby from MLSSoccer.com diving in just like he did at the beginning of the season. Andrew, thank you very much for your time and uh, enjoy the game. We'll Thanks, Jason. All right, there goes Andrew yep, Weeby. We'll do, man. Let's uh, move on quickly. Let's talk to uh, my colleague over at ESPN FC, Doug McIntyre, who's on the air with us now. Hi, Doug. How you doing, Jason? Good morning. Um, good morning. Are you uh, are you yourself in Columbus, Ohio? I am in Columbus. How's the weather in Columbus? It's all it's going to be nice and bright and, and sunny on Sunday for this game, right? Yeah, it sounds like the conditions are going to be good. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we see a good game as well. Uh, hopefully, we have two teams playing some open soccer. When you look at at what they're what what these two coaches have done, and again, I think one of the storylines is how they have um, adapted to the conditions, adapted to the playoffs, adapted their teams to winning soccer that may not be exactly the same philosophical uh, stringency that they've showed earlier in the year. Are we going to see a KG match in in the traditional MLS Cup style, or we're we going to actually see some open soccer? Yeah, I agree with I agree with Andrew on this. I think the I think the first twenty minutes or so um, probably will be pretty cagey. But but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just an optimist. But yeah, I, I hope it's going to be an, an, an open game, and, and I think we'll see that. I think we'll see some back and forth. And and if there is an early goal and it's possible, then then that certainly would 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 lend it, itself to opening the game up. So uh, you know, maybe team gets a goal early. Uh, you know, against best laid plans that that, that happens. Um, but yeah, I, I do think we're going to see an entertaining game. I, I don't know why. I, just, I have a feeling that, you know, people have made a lot of the, this final and, and, and they're not being, you know, uh, they're small market teams. There's no big marquee player on either team, but these teams do play good soccer. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we see a, a better final than, than we usually do. And by the way, it's not just MLS where we, we see, uh, we see finals that are, sure. you know, that are a little bit on the conservative side. We see that all over the world. So, yeah. um, hoping for something different on Sunday. Definitely. You know, uh, intangibles, um, you know, we, we like to write about them. They're not always, we can't pin them down. That's why they're intangibles. But both these teams riding pretty high in terms of confidence, Doug. Which one do you think brings more to the table in that area? Well, I mean, any team that, that advances the MLS Cup should be confident. So I'm not sure that that's going to be decisive either way. Um, but I do think the crew are going to get a boost, or crew SC, excuse me, are going to get a boost playing at home. Um, you know, we've seen historically how important that's been, um, not just in MLS Cups, but but in in, in single elimination games in, in the MLS playoffs. So I do think that'll give them an advantage. Um, I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. That there's going to be about 2,000 Portland 
supporters traveling uh, down. So, and, and we we all know what they bring in terms of you know their their uh, the the atmosphere they provide at home. So, I think uh, we'll see a really good atmosphere. But but the crew have to have to be considered the favorites uh, playing playing at home and. And, and I think they'll get a boost uh, being in front of their own fans. All right, so it comes down to it then. You have, uh, first of all, did you pick either one of these teams to make MLS Cup final at the beginning of the year? I, I don't recall. I did not. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you remember who you, <laughs> do you remember who you had? Uh, I think I had Seattle and, man, I don't remember the team yeah. I had. Uh, I, had a, I think it was Seattle and New England. Okay, all right. I may have been with you. I know I got it very, very wrong. So he come down to this. These yeah. are two teams here. Uh, you got Columbus as a favorite. Does that mean you're picking them to win? Yes. All right. What's the score? Two one. Two one to the Columbus Crew. Who scores the goals? I think Kai Kamara gets both goals for Columbus. Okay, so we got Kai Kamara scoring. You, you, are you picking a a, a, a timber score, goal score? It could come from numerous places. Yeah, it really could. Um, you know. Adi's their their guy. Um, he, he's their main striker. Um, so I, I would say that it's that he's the guy that gets to go okay. for Portland. All right, and, I, and I've, I've done this twice. I'm going to do it to you, and I'll pick a couple of different spots here. Uh, if you had to pick one of these players for your team, are you taking Will Trapp or Diego Chara? Ooh, that's <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, I would take uh, I'll take Will Trapp. Young guy, he's coming up. I, I think that. Um, you know, the crew really missed him in the middle part of the year when he was out with a concussion. Uh, if he's there, you know, maybe they're the sports shield winners and, and, and not the Red Bulls. So, uh, underrated player, um, guy that doesn't get a lot of love uh, in that defensive midfield position, um, but, but really quality player on the ball, does a lot of little things people don't see, um, and has a huge upside. So, Definitely will try for me. Okay. Um, I could have also frame these as who has the better game on Sunday, but I think it's more fun to make you choose if you were uh, building your team who you'd take. Um, and uh, let's see. Let, I'll throw this one out uh, as as well. Um, Harrison Affle or, or uh, Alvis Powell? Yeah, it's a good one too. I've been I've been uh, I've been very impressed with Affle in these playoffs. Um, hadn't seen him a ton beforehand. Uh, but he's been very good. Powell, I think, is a bit of a different player. A little bit more. Uh, a little bit more. Physical, a little bit bigger, um, but I'll go with Awful, um, having having been impressed by him particularly. Yeah, he's been a fantastic for them. Uh, again, as Alexi Lawless says, maybe he doesn't even realize he's a fullback. <laughs> he doesn't seem to care yeah. about that positional uh, element, and neither does Greg Berhalter for that matter. Doug McIntyre from ESPN FC and ESPN.com joining us. Doug, thanks for the time. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Doug McIntyre. Good stuff. We continue on. This is the way this goes. We go rapid fire. Jonathan Tannewald, our friend from Philly.com, the goalkeeper on Twitter, joining us now. Hi, Jonathan. Hi there. So first of all, first things first, who did you have? Uh, did you have either one of these teams in the final? No. <laughs> because it's MLS and uh, and and it's uh, it's unpredictable. But these two teams definitely. I, just... I think it's become pretty clear by now that I tend to not pick Columbus. Okay, I'm not sure. Why. Okay, <laughs> are you not picking them to uh, on Sunday? Oh, I am picking them on okay. Sunday. Is that how much of a, how much do you think the home field advantage is going to play into you know into how the crew play and ultimately who wins the game? Into how the crew play, I think that it will help them, but I don't think it's going to affect the Timbers really at all. I think that they I don't think it's going to affect the game in that way. I think the Timbers is just fine thing up for. Now, uh, when you look at, um, you know, again, Columbus being the favorite, and, and maybe I think if we are looking at it overall, probably slightly a, a slightly better team, although 
you know, they finished on the same number of points. It's a matter of goal difference, a matter of goal scored. I mean, Portland struggled for a long time to score goals and then figured it out. These teams don't even look like the teams they were five months ago. Well, if you don't want to have playoffs, then don't have playoffs. <laughs> yeah, playoffs are great. This is what happens. Well, I, I'm certainly not. I'm not suggesting that we not have playoffs, Jonathan. I'm just. Uh... Oh, I know you aren't, but a lot of other people. Are. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is what we've got. All right. So you have a uh, give me a prediction. 2-1 Columbus. Kamara scores both, although somehow it would be all too rich for me if Shaq McInerney scores the championship point goal. Magby going home to Ohio scores for Portland. Okay. That'll be the way the line. And uh, a lot of belly aching about the TV ratings on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, stop it. Just, just, it. just because you have to deal with that particular thing doesn't mean we need to bring it up now. We're all about the game right here, Jonathan. We're all about getting excited for two very good teams to play each other. I, you know, that Nagby returning back, uh, to, you know, going home to Ohio thing hasn't gotten a lot of play. I'm a little surprised I haven't heard more about that. It kind of escaped my attention. I, I didn't know he was from Ohio. But it just didn't, it didn't click for me. Um, so I'll do this, uh, do this with you as I've done with the, the last couple of guys, uh, all the way back to Alexi to start it off. If you had to pick between these two players, who are you? Because t- again, these two teams are so similar. They have, um, they have styles that, that, that are close enough that when you look at, say, the fullback play and the midfield play, there's some similarities. They may do it slightly differently with a, a trio for Columbus and a duo for, for Portland. But if you had to take, um, if you had to take Rodney Wallace or Ethan Finley, who do you take? Oh, boy. Jeez. Uh, Rodney Wallace. Okay. And which is, I, I'll try to tell you, Ethan Finley did not play well against New York, and a whole bunch of us were calling for him to be on the national team, and all of a sudden, uh, big stage, he, uh, he did not come up uh, to where people thought he would. Well, I wonder how much of that was the way that Berhalter decided to attack the Red Bulls, but uh, maybe that's a discussion for a different day. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, Darlington Nagby or... Yes. <laughs> okay, Darlington Nagby over whoever else. I was going to throw Will Trapp in. I'm getting different jobs in these two systems, but Nagby's kind of rounded out into a box-to-box player. We know Trapp is a defensive midfielder that can uh, – his passing game is among the best in the league, certainly for his age. So if you're talking about taking one of those two players, you still take Nagby? Yes. Okay. I take Darlington Nagby over just about anybody. That's a really tough one, though, with Will Trapp. I heard you asking Doug Will Trapp versus Will Gachara, and I'd absolutely take Trapp. Okay. Uh, because he's a young player, and also because he's not a guaranteed yellow card. Okay, there's there's that as well. Let me all right. Let me throw in one of the fullback uh, 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 contests. Jorge Villafania, who's been excellent for the Timbers, and again he's the Sueño guy. If you remember back to him uh, winning that that competition to get a contract to the MLS back, Chivas USA, I believe is where he started, and and Waylon Francis, who might be the best left back in the league. Oh gosh, Hart says Villafania for all the reasons you mentioned. Hart says. Okay, Francis probably just a tick above Jorge Villafania. Both of them are going to have a role to play in the uh, proceedings on uh, on Sunday. All right, and 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 this may be. I mean, again, we don't expect this to be two teams peppering each other with shots. They can be cagey. They can play some defense. That's how the Timbers uh, have been all year, and how Columbus Crew managed to get here, surprisingly enough. And their goalkeepers are going to play a big role. So, if you had to take one, Steve Clark, Adam Carrasi, who are you taking? Quarsy has been outstanding in these playoffs. I'll take him. All right. Jonathan uh, Tannewall, 2-1 winner for Columbus, according to Jonathan. Both goals coming from Kai Kamara. Jonathan, appreciate the uh, the time. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. There goes uh, Jonathan Tannewald at the goalkeeper on Twitter. Go find him for not ratings talk, at least not yet. Charlie Bohm. 
from MLS Soccer and Soccer Wire and numerous other places. Good friend of the show, regular around here, uh, joins us now. Hi, Charlie. Howdy, Jason. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, it's MLS Cup weekend. Uh, I imagine. Are you in Columbus now? I I uh, I am on a large interstate headed that way. All right, you are headed in the direction of Columbus, Ohio. Um, what do you expect to see on Sunday when you get there? Well, looking forward to it. I, th- I think this is going to be an open game. Uh, totally, you know, used to the the pattern where we see teams uh, tie things down and, and get a little little risk averse in a big game like this. But I think that attacking is in these teams' DNA, even though they've done pretty well. Uh, adopting other approaches as necessary. Um, I think we're going to see a three-two game, uh, and I think Crew FC is going to come out on top. That's that's a lot of goals. Um, I think that's more goals than a lot of people are expecting. What are you, uh, you, you know, you finding some goals from set pieces here? Is this all from open play? How is that going to play out? Yeah, all of the above. And you know, to be honest, I think two-one is a very logical uh, pick to make. I think that's what uh, your, my predecessor uh, John Cannonwall said. Uh, that's that's a very logical one as well. That would be my uh, my alternate uh, option. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, gamble a bit here since this is uh, this is a full start of prediction in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that we're going to see uh, mm-hmm. we're going to see trouble on set pieces. Both these teams have had issues defending them, and both teams have had success in uh, creating opportunities off them. You've got size in the box. You've got a, you're going to have a lot of movement, a lot of athleticism uh, on those restarts. So I think there's going to be goals there. But also there's there's no reason to hold back anymore really you know where there's no aggregate concern uh, i think we're going to have a, a, a good condition on a good pitch very good pitch actually that's going to allow any teams to kind of open up the, the throttle a bit and go get it because i i think they probably both feel that the other uh is there for the taking in terms of the back line you know we heard ethan finley earlier this week talk about how much the crew love the matchups they have the timbers defense and conversely, I think the Timbers have good reasons for feeling like they can exploit some of the gaps and some of the, the matchups. Um, paying, paying particular attention to Fernando Adi versus the Columbus center backs. Adi has just been a, a force of nature in the postseason. Physically powerful, uh, intelligent movement, uh, craftiness, uh, and then really razor sharp finishing. So I think uh, Michael Parkhurst is, uh, is going to really have to have his game on, uh, work very, uh, very well, uh, smoothly in tandem with with Gaston Sauro, and I, and I think that's something that benefits Portland, although I'm not 100% certain that it's going to be good enough to give the visiting team a win. All right, so look, if you've got five goals on the table, I, I mean, I, I this is I have to ask you who you got scoring on five, those five goals. <laughs> yeah, I do think Adi's going to get on the score sheet. Uh, I think Finley, even though I think he may, be, uh, he may not have quite as much joy against uh, Jorge Diafania as he has uh, predicted, I do think he's gonna gonna get at least one and put one away, and then I, I don't think Kamara is gonna be denied uh, in this moment. He's uh, worked so hard in this league, played so long this league, and he's he's been very close to MLS Cup and has been denied by circumstances. And I think uh, Kai Kamara is gonna have a lot to play for here and he's show up. All right, so there you go. All right, uh, I, I've thrown some either or. Pick your poison at, at everybody so far. I'm gonna do it to you, Charlie, and I'm gonna do one I haven't uh, done yet. Uh, if you had to take a coach. Are you taking Caleb Porter or Greg Berhalter? Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. I really admire both these guys. Uh, but given the moment, given home field advantage, I'm going to take Berhalter. Okay. If I if I gave you an option of Will Trapp or Darlington Nagby to build your team, who are you taking? I like Nagby. Okay. You can do a lot of things. We know Will Trapp is 
uh, a very, very good player, but it seems that the dynamism of Darlington Nagby is maybe the thing that ticks it over the top for a lot of people. Uh, the fullbacks, I mean, maybe I'll, instead of asking individually, whose fullbacks do you like better, Columbus with, uh, with Francis and Affle or Portland with Villafania and Alvis Powell? Um, I, you know, I think that Portland, Portland's younger duo may prove to be uh, better in the long run. I think Powell's upside is tremendous in particular. Uh, but I'm going to go with Columbus here because I think they're just more orthodox more versatile and uh, and more experienced at the moment. All right, and uh, you know when we when we talk about the you talked about Fernando Adi uh, and the pressure he's going to put on that Columbus back line. We know that Kai Kamar can score goals, and and his his hops are, are ridiculous. Uh, Charlie, he's, he's been great for the for the crew, but he is or sorry, Crew SC. He is six years older than Adi, so if it was your team, who are you taking? Uh, I'd, I'd go with Adi there. Okay, is that a matter of is that a matter of age and potential? I mean, because because you can get you can plug Kai Kamara in, you're probably getting 20 goals out of him. That's true. That's true. He's a great player, great personality. Um, probably the, the the main thing here is just being aware that we're speaking in an MLS context here, where uh, in the big picture, if a, if a player does succeed to a great extent, they're going to attract attention from overseas. And a player like Adi, I suspect, wants to go back. To Europe at some point, that he definitely he's already expressed this season that he wants to get called in by Nigeria's uh, national team. So I think that uh, the age and the the various factors, you know, his upside makes him a little bit more of a, of a useful commodity because yeah. down the road maybe you get a transfer fee. Yeah. Hey, by the way, he's reportedly uh, got some interest in Mexico, so we'll continue to watch that as the after the season. They got Indeed. one one game left to play. Charles Bohm, MLSsoccer.com, SoccerWire.com. Definitely go check out that website and many other places. Follow him on Twitter, C-B-O-E-H-M. Uh, Charles, uh, Charles I, I have already asked you who wins. We've already got your score. Give me your MVP. Is it, is it Kamara? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it will be. And, and of course, uh, we don't know. Oftentimes, we see the most influential player not necessarily prove to be the, the official MVP. I think um, even if other guys step up, in a more pivotal manner, I think Kamara, if he gets on the score sheet, he's going to be the sentimental choice for MVP, and that's why he's fine. There you go. Uh, Charlie, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Jason. Have a great show. There uh, goes uh, Charlie Bohm, excellent guy, good soccer man, talking about the MLS Cup final. We now turn to another good soccer man, Andy Edwards, from NBC Sports and Pro Soccer Talk. Hi, Andy. Hey, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you excited for MLS Cup 2015? Very much so. It feels like the season started just three weeks ago, but it also feels like it started about six years ago. So it, it's tough to decide whether it's been the longest or the shortest MLS season ever. It's it's funny how that happens, isn't it? It's amazing. Here we are, the last two teams standing. Uh, did you have either one of these teams in the MLS Cup final when you uh, sketched out 2015 at the head of the, at the beginning of the year? I actually did. I picked Columbus Drew SC to win in the Cup 2015 on the, on the preseason prediction palooza so uh, with you, you guys. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I, I guess if I have to pull for somebody, not that I would do that uh, on Sunday, I guess it would be them just to validate my prediction. Okay, so does that mean that you've got them winning because you're pulling for them or because you think they're the favorite and the better team in this case? And, and at home, of course. Yeah, well, you know, cup finals, I don't think it really ever matters who's the better team. It's all about the matchup, especially when it's a one game, uh, you know, it's a one off for, for a title. And I think it's a really good matchup for Columbus in the fact that, uh, their strengths really play to some of the weaknesses of Portland and the way that Caleb Porter has, has set them out recently, you know, with just one defensive midfielder, Diego Chara, uh, trying to do the, to do the defensive work of two or three guys in front of that back line. 
thing you're just going to get overloaded and then you're going to stretch Nat Borchers and Liam Ridgewell out into space and we everybody knows about the attacking prowess that Columbus has I think that's just going to be too much for them and they're going to create too many chances and eventually as, as Charlie was just saying you know you give Kai Kamara enough chances he's going to put one away mm-hmm. um, and and at that point I think Columbus has improved a lot defensively over the last handful of weeks and they learned to manage games uh, especially playoff series uh, especially last year in 2014 when they got blown out by New England. I think they learned a lot from that, and they've put a lot of that on display this season. Uh, the, one of the other matchups that's going to be crucial to this is Darlington Nagby, what kind of freedom he has, what kind of influence he has on the game. We expect him to carry the ball a lot for the Timbers in, you know, in conjunction with uh, Diego Valeri there. Um, he's been moved centrally. That's been a, a boon to the Timbers. And Tony Chani's the guy that's going to have to get stuck in here. Tony Chani may be lucky to be playing in this game, um, considering what happened against the Red Bulls, and, and he's got this task. Is he up for it? I, I think he is. You know, Tony Chani's kind of, uh, he's one of the new Aurelian Collins, if you will. He's, he's a, a ticking time bomb, and he could, he could pick up a red card at any moment. But he's also a, a brilliant player when he's out there in the field and, and, and performing. Uh, I, I think the bigger story with Nagby is going to be going the other direction. How much defensive work is he going to be able to to chip in on, on say, Federico Iguain there in the midfield? As, as I talked about, you've got Finley and Miram who are both going to tuck in from the wings, going to put extra pressure and, and defensive responsibility on Chara. Uh, you know, how much is Nagby going to be able to help out there and not let his guy behind him? Uh, get bogged down with three or four guys at one time. So I think it's going to take a, the performance of, of, of Darlington Nagby's career so far uh, if Portland are going to come out on top. And that's not to say that, you know, that can't happen. He's been, he's been absolutely brilliant since he's gone back into the, into the midfield. And, and I'm happy that at this point, you know, only 25 years old, he's finally found a, a career long position. And now we can, you know, really begin to see all that potential come out. All right, uh, so give me your give me your score. Three uh, one crew. Uh, okay. It's it's a it's a clean sweep so far. Everybody has picked uh, Crew SC to win. Who are your goal scorers? Uh, if you've got four goals, that's the second highest total so far predicted for this match. Did I lose you, Andy? Are you with me? Here, Jay. All right, there there you are. Now you're back. So who scores the goals? for Portland. Oh, 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 okay. We, <laughs> we got a malfunctioning <laughs> we got a malfunctioning situation with Andy Edwards. Andy, one more chance. Got to move on if not. Are you there? Okay. Here I am. All right. Well, let's try one more time. I I, I didn't get your goal scores um for for the the 3-1 win for Columbus. Try one more time. Uh, Adi for Portland, you got to like Kai Kamara for at go. least one or two. Okay. Um Ethan Finley and and if there's one more to be had, Gaston Sauro, for sure. Uh, Gaston Sauro. Okay, so before I let you go, I've been doing this either or. You're, 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 you're picking for your team. I don't care if it's uh, you're putting together an MLS team or a pickup game or whatever. You've got to pick between these guys. Who are you taking, Gaston Sauro or Liam Ridgewell? Uh, Ridgewell, he's just been in MLS a little bit longer, but Sauro has tons of upside. Okay, sticking in the back, Parkhurst or Borchers? Borchers. Borchers, he's been in MLS Cups before. He's, he's won one uh, on the beer, man. Okay, there you go. Um, uh, how, I mean, at, at the front end of, of the formation, the guy who's going to score your goals, Kai Kamara's been great this year, but Fernando Adi had 18, and he's a little bit younger. Who are you taking? Uh, it's got to be Kai Kamara. You've got MLS Cup 2015 in mind. 
uh, as, as we're talking right now, and, and it's, just, it's impossible to not see him scoring in this game. Okay, and uh, lastly here, between two potential U.S. internationals in the very near future, one already in the mix at the senior level, one likely to get his feet wet very soon, Darlington Nagby or Will Trapp? If I'm building a team for the future, it's Nagby all the way, but I think the safer pick is probably Will Trapp and the influence that he's had for, for Columbus this year and even going back to last year. Uh, he's been huge, and it's amazing to see a guy that young uh, really just manning, manning that midfield on, on his own, especially in the, in the game against New York. Andy Edwards from Pro Soccer Talk, NBC Sports. Andy Ed MLS on Twitter. Go follow him now. Andy, thank you for uh, your time. Enjoy the game. Thanks for having me on, Jason. There goes Andy Edwards, who did pick the Columbus Crew to be, or sorry, Columbus Crew SC to be in the MLS Cup Final in 2015. We now turn to Phil Shane, who's uh, joining us from BN Sports. Uh, hi, Phil. How you doing? I'm Sounds doing like well. you've been busy this morning. Uh, you know, it's been fun. We we had, I believe, we did have you on our rapid fire guest Palooza edition to start the season. I don't recall your picks. Did you have uh, Crew SC or the Timbers in the final? Um, I had Portland doing well. I don't remember if I had him in the final. I don't think I did. I think I kind of probably went the uh, uh, the safe way and basically said Los Angeles on the other side. Um, I might have said New York, but I do know, uh, and I guess pride cometh before the fall. So, uh, But Columbus Crew was going to be my dark horse for the season. It just took him a little bit while uh, longer to get to that final furlong than I thought. So even at the start of the postseason, I thought they had a chance to make it, say, to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a team, I think, that, that still hasn't quite reached its peak. Uh, but uh, I, they were my dark horse pick this season. You know, so much of, of what, uh, what Crew SC has done this year, Phil, has been trying, they've been trying to find a balance. And, and what's been fascinating is that Burhalter, they were, they were very attacking. They were shipping goals uh, like crazy for a long stretch of the season, and yet they were getting enough points. Uh, to be in contention. Then they, they, they kind of sort of changed their approach, certainly into the playoffs against New York and become a more defensive minded team. They shut down Didier Drogba for the most part. They shut down, uh, the, the high scoring Red Bulls and they, they still haven't seemed to get that balance and yet they're continuing to succeed and get forward, uh, move forward in the tournament. I, I think that's a huge credit to, to Greg Berhalter. It is a huge, huge credit. And I think you also have to give a tip of the cap though to the other side for Caleb Porter. For a team that, uh, in some ways was in disarray. It was searching for an identity. Um, and a lot of people have focused in, obviously, the last two months of the season when he made that little adjustment on Darlington Nagby's positioning and responsibilities that everything seemed to click. So I, in many ways, I'm hoping that everything clicks for both of these teams for the MLS Cup final because uh, I think while they're both headed in the right direction, neither of these teams has quite reached its peak. Um, hopefully they will on Sunday, and we'll get a game to remember. All right, Phil, we have had no one pick the Portland Timbers to win this MLS Cup final. They're all taking Crew SC, not just because they're at home in front of uh, what will be a, a, a partisan crowd with, with a good Timbers contingent, but because they, they see the Crew as a better team at this moment. Do you have the Crew winning? I have the crew winning, and I think I'd even have them winning even if they were out in Oregon. Um, I think that while Caleb Porter has done a, a good job, I think what we've seen from Greg Burhalter is, as you mentioned, kind of feeling his way, uh, putting the pieces of the puzzle into place patiently, and this is a team that is coming together. The one concern I would have, though, uh, so much of this attack goes through those uh, attacking three. 
Kamara is the one that ends up putting in the back of the net, but it's Finley, Iguain, and Miram. And I don't think any of them played that brilliantly, uh, especially in the second leg against the New York Red Bulls. I, I think Finley uh, did a lot of work defensively. Miram perhaps even more, but on the offensive side, Miram was a bit invisible except for a few crosses. And, and Finley did have an opportunity a number of times, one-on-one in isolation, uh, to beat his man and was unable to do so. And Iguain, that might be the worst I've seen him play. Uh, there were a few moments of brilliance, but... Uh, nowhere near. And in fact, they almost paid the price, but for uh, a lick of paint uh, because they could have put two or three on the board uh, on the counter against New York Red Bulls, but instead it almost ended up going uh, to, to extra time. So I'd be a little bit concerned about those three, a little bit concerned about Tony Chani as well. Uh, not just the, the fact that he ended up losing his head a bit and almost got tossed out, probably could have been uh, for that little headbutt. But uh, the fact that it was a little indisciplined in the way he plays, and I, I think what you and Andy were talking about, uh, the emergence of Will Trapp since he's come back from injury, uh, putting out a lot of those fires. Parkhurst with his, uh, uh, with his intelligence, Sauro with his physical play. Uh, not that sold on Francis. I wish Clutie would have had a little bit of a better chance. Okay. But I think Affle, uh probably might be the best right back in this league. Uh, he has a little bit of that Danny Alves where he gets caught up field a bit, but uh, we're we're looking at a guy again who I just find it hard to believe is actually playing in MLS. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, an excellent player, Harrison Affel, uh, a World Cup veteran for a very good country. Uh, you, you. You you mentioned him getting caught up field. The question then is whether or not um, you know the, the Timbers can can uh, can exploit that that Harrison Affle's uh, positional indiscipline, if you want to call it that. Certainly, is what Greg Berhalter wants out of his fullbacks. Generally speaking, on the other side for Columbus pushing forward, Ethan Finley did not play well against New York, but still has a role to play in this game. Should he be able to? take advantage and, and beat Jorge Villafaña, who's been who's come on. I mean, again, let's point out, this is a guy who, who basically earned his way into MLS via a reality show um, and, and become one of the best left backs in the league. Who wins that battle, Finley or Villafaña? I think it might actually be a, a bit of a push at this point, and I, I agree with you. I think what we thought we'd seen from Villafaña uh, was a good player, uh, that maybe had a little bit of a limit, uh, uh, basically a gimmick player, as you pointed out. But again, credit to Caleb Porter, uh, his ability to to mold him, to give him confidence, to give him the freedom to go forward, knowing that uh, he just his personality uh, is going to to get him over the hump so many times when he gets into some defensive difficulties. And I think he's probably been a revelation. I think two things it shows the dearth of left backs, but it's not just MLS. You could basically say that around the world, but uh, I agree with you. I think you could be looking at the best left back, and I, I think that Finley could keep him honest. Um, perhaps the other side, maybe with Powell, a chance for, for Miram to get a little bit more involved. Yeah. Uh, the guy I'd love to see, and I think probably would have uh, been a revelation if he was fit on form and in the system a little earlier when he joined midseason is Cedric Mabwati. Yeah. I think that's the wild card off the bench. If Portland does have a lead late, um, Cedric, as we saw in that first leg against New York, has the ability to put things together. On the other side, um, I think Clark is a good goalkeeper. Quaresi could be a brilliant goalkeeper. Uh, Borcher's a, a huge leader on the inside. Ridgewell, I... I understand why people love him, but I just see a few times where maybe he takes a risk uh, that could end up costing him. 
The concern that I have, though, is you're looking at a Portland team that really loves to push up the middle. They do have Esprit on one side. Wallace does a load of work on the other. But it's Valeri, Nagby, and, and Adi with Chadap kind of putting out the flames behind him. So they are so centrally located. And, and again, if Chani can keep his head along with Trap, um, I think that that's really going to blunt Portland a lot. And perhaps with Chadap, uh, it, it might open the door for Iguain to get a little bit more freedom than he did uh, against the Red Bulls. So a team that likes to use its width um, against uh, a somewhat questionable defense yeah. in Portland. Again, I think it, it wouldn't be surprised if Finley and Miram contribute, but again, Kai Kamara is probably going to be the one that's that's celebrating at the end. Well, that give me okay. So uh, we, we've got the crew, the crew likely winning according to Phil Shane. And who's your MVP pick? Are you going to give that to, to Kamara, who's been uh, you know again irresistible for the crew this year? I think that he'll get on the scoreboard, but the MVP for me, I, like I said, I have rarely seen uh, Federico Higuain play uh, a bad game, and it was not a good game against the, the Red Bulls. I think he bounces back. I think he pulls the strings, um, maybe plays a little bit deeper uh, and lets Finley and Miram do the running, but I, I think it'll be Higuain that ends up getting getting that trophy uh, by the end of the night. There you go. Phil Shane from BN Sports joining us talking about the MLS Cup final. Uh, Phil, you're around for the, for the first one. You're, you're here again. Uh, you're still here for 2015. I'm glad to, uh, we get to talk to you about it. Uh, um, enjoy the game. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you in the near future, maybe about some other topics as well. Anytime, Jace. Keep up the good work. There goes Phil Shane. Excellent stuff from him. The depth of that discussion with Phil Shane will be is fantastic. Let's see if we can continue on our role here. Kevin Brown from SoccerGodsFusion.com. Uh, is it .net or .com, Kevin? We are .com because we like to sell goods to the people. All right. So you're selling selling those goods. Uh, by the way, you got to check out what Kevin and uh, our friend uh, Meridi Morungi doing down there uh, for Fusion. Kevin, it, your boys aren't here. I don't know I mean, what that means for your interest. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Kevin Brown, a, a noted Red Bull uh, backer. Are you interested? First of all, it's rude to bring that up. Uh, well, I mean, why is it rude? I mean, I, <laughs> you, <laughs> because they lost. Got to bring up old stuff this early, man. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Are you are you? But are you interested? I mean, as a soccer fan, are you interested? You see, you see the value in these two teams playing each other. Um, I see the value in every soccer writer in America being forced to scramble to defend the idea that the MLS Cup is a legitimate way to determine <laughs> who's the best team for the season. But you know, maybe that's just me being salty. But um, it's an interesting game because I think the Columbus Crew are actually good and kind of been underrated. For most of the season, like you look at their roster, there's not a bad spot on it. But yeah. you know, if they wanted people to pay attention to them, maybe they shouldn't be in Columbus, Ohio. But, <laughs> uh, well, Columbus is actually a really good team to watch and has been for a while. They got so for look, that they, reason. I might actually watch this. They've got a good coach uh, with some interesting ideas. They got it. You mentioned the roster. It's not. It's maybe not. You know, the depth in MLS. We know all about that. But when you trot out that first eleven that the, that Columbus can throw out there, that that's that's pretty damn good. And as as Phil Shane was saying, to see a guy like like Harrison Awful playing in this league, doing what he's doing for Columbus is is. I mean, he's not going to get the the plaudits or the the praise that a guy like Jovinko is going to get, Kevin. But he he sort of represents a new um, a new type of player that MLS should be going after. He's twenty nine. He's a star, you know he started for Ghana in the World Cup. I mean that that's that's not that's not anything to to throw shade at. Right, and most importantly for me, uh, for any player, if I'm going to bother to sit down and watch him. 
awful is entertaining at a position where you don't expect entertainment. And that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. Picking up the torch for the great Roy Miller for entertaining, you know, wingback, wingback defenders. Yeah, uh, Red Bull fans pouring some, out for, pouring some out for Roy Miller, who has been let go by the team. All right, Kevin, so when you look at this game, um, you got, uh, you, you got everybody else. You're the anchor here. You're our final guest. You got, you got Columbus winning because that's what everybody else has. Well, what, everyone picked Columbus? Well, for the sake of contrarianism, I would pick Portland, but I refuse to let myself support anything that Caleb Porter is doing because I believe that man probably spends an inordinate amount of money at, like, L.L. Bean and Panera Bread, so I cannot support Caleb Porter lifting a major trophy in this country. So for that reason alone, I say Columbus wins. All right, what's the score? 2-1 Columbus. 2-1 to Columbus. Who scores the goals? Kai Kamara by jumping to heights that no human should be able to achieve. He's a, he's a pretty good jumper, that Kai Kamara. All right, so uh, let, let, let me let me just throw this out to you the way I did for a couple of uh, our other guests. If you had to pick, if you're if you're putting together a team, I don't know, Kevin Brown, director of soccer, technical director, head coach maybe. Maybe you got the Bruce Arena role. Maybe you got both jobs because you're just that good. Which really should happen by now. Yeah, should, I should be in charge of somebody's club by now, it's, really. It's pretty stunning it hasn't already. But if you were putting <laughs> together your team, are you taking Diego Valera, Diego Valeri or Federico Higuain? Valeri, just because of age. Okay, uh, Valeri, a little bit younger than, than Federico. I haven't checked on that recently. Uh, Will Trap. His or... hair looks younger, so therefore he's younger. So I'll take okay, that. his hair looks younger. <laughs> Will Trap or Diego Chara? Will Trap. Okay, because I, I think I trust Will Trap going forward a little bit more than Chara. By the way, what do you, do you do? You respect the one L game, or do you do you not like the one L game? W I L is his name, not W I L L. Like everybody else spells it. Well, Will Trap is a phenomenal name, and like in this current era of music in 2015, if your name is Will Trap, you should be some sort of like celebrity DJ making 50 grand a pop in Vegas. It's to not actually, actually true. Music. That Will is a, that is actually name. true. Oh wow! All right, uh, uh, Kai Kamara, who you just talked about being able to jump like no man, or Fernando Adi, who maybe doesn't have those kind of hops but does different things pretty well, is actually a little bit taller, I think. Uh, no, definitely Kai Kamara. Kamara is a different person than the striker that left to go to England. And uh, I had the unfortunate the unfortunate pleasure of watching him in person last week, and he's, he's changed. He's stronger. He's faster. He's better technically than he was than the guy we remember from Kansas City. Um Columbus is lucky to have him for a while. There we they go. Can afford him going forward. All right, so you got uh, you got Kai lifting that MVP trophy at the end of the game as well. Oh no, the MVP will absolutely be Emmanuel Pogatetz. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Emmanuel Pogatetz, MVP. You heard it here first. I don't even want to know how that's possible. It's Kevin Brown from Fusion dot com and Soccer Gods. Go check out. Everything they're pumping out, especially the video content, uh, Kevin, is uh, magic on the mic. Kevin, appreciate the time. Thanks, Kevin. There goes uh, Kevin Brown. Good stuff from him. All right, that's it. We are done. We have rolled through every single one of the planned guests on the Guest of Palooza. We're hitting about 10.30 a.m. Eastern time on the East Coast. I got to go re- get ready for the other show, so it's time to roll this up. Columbus Crew, Portland Timbers, Sunday, Mafray Stadium. Columbus, Ohio, 21 and change, 21,000 people there. We will uh, be excited to see it. You want my pick? If it's time for me to go, I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm sorry, I can't be contrarian. Either Columbus wins 2-1, Kai Kamara scores, Justin Merrim scores, and I'm going to give one to Nat Borchers on the other side. 
All right, that's it. We are done. Thank you very much to everybody who uh, partook of today's program. Wow, that's a good way to cap the season from beginning to end, MLS 2015. We'll see you guys on Monday right here at WorldSoccerTalk.com.